This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Girl CEO Podcast, the playground for female entrepreneurs. My name is Ronnie Brown, and I'm the author of Amazon's best-selling book, From Mopping Floors to Making Millions, and was once a teen mom to a millionaire business mentor. I created my Girl CEO community for women like you. Girl CEO, you are a trailblazer, a creative, an innovator, a boss, and a woman who knows that she deserves more. Join me each week while we uncover what it truly takes to be your own boss and become a successful girl CEO. And don't worry, sis, I got you. All right, guys, we are here live on tax day. (laughs) Tomorrow is officially the day where taxes are due. And um, I'm letting you guys in with me as I sit here with my accountant, bookkeeper, mentor, advisor, and so many other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I really enjoy coming here because it's just one of those, those moments where you realize how important relationship building is. Uh, Amani has been my accountant for probably over five to six years now. I remember starting my business and using her services. And um, every time I come here, I get more than just bookkeeping, accounting, and things like that done. It is one of those Zen moments for me when I'm here. Um, So Amani, can you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell people where they can find you before we get started? Because I'm sure that they'll be asking me by the time they finish listening to this episode. Absolutely. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction, Ronnie. Um, I'm Amani Ahmed. I am a local CPA practice right outside of Washington, D.C., in Atlanta, Maryland. And as Ronnie mentioned, I've been working with her. I've had the honor of working with her for the last six, probably six, seven years now. I primarily work with individuals. A lot of a lot of them are business owners or self-employed professionals. And I've been actually doing taxes going over 20 years. This is my 22nd tax season. Believe it or not, I've had my own practice since November 2017. Um, and I really enjoy it because I not only get to talk about finances, which is so critical to anyone's life, whether personally or business-wise, but to actually talk about motives behind money, um, behind activity and behavior. I like to go deeper in terms of what some people may say is the soft side, more so the psyche, the mindset, spirituality. Um As the owner of the CPA firm, AGA Group, I also am the founder of a spiritual and personal development company called I Am Worthy, Inc. And that was started in 2016 with offering like live and seminar events to just kind of discuss, you know, self-awareness, enlightenment, spirituality, financial um, freedom, abundance, and wealth building. So I would love for you guys to connect with me there post-tax season. It is my hopes to <laughs> build my YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube and just type in I Am Worthy Inc., I-N-C, you should be able to find the channel there. And we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram on I Am Wor- uh, using I Am Worthy Inc. as well. can't say that we're active on all social media um, platforms, but she's getting yeah. there. We're getting there with a I'm little push. <laughs> I appreciate that one. So once again, thank you for having me. Well, guys, um, a lot of questions that I get from a lot of you all. Mo- most of you guys are new business owners. You are just starting your companies. And one of the biggest questions I normally get a money from a lot of my followers and supporters is, 
how soon is too soon to start getting set up with taxes and accounting and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. What do, what do you say to that? I don't think there's ever too soon. Now, to the degree of services, that may vary in the different phases that you are in in business. And what I mean by that, if you are a newbie or you are even considering starting a business, my advice, your initial step should be to sit down with um, a tax professional or a small business professional that can kind of give you the ins and outs of understanding what is your responsibility as a business owner as it relates to taxes, as it relates to record keeping and bookkeeping. Um, What would be the best business structure? to minimize taxes, but also to shield you legally. Now, I'm saying all of this, and it may seem overwhelming, but if you were to do this in a consultation where you're sitting with this professional for like an hour or two, I promise you, it would give you enough information where you can dissect it. Um, And from there, I would determine, okay, from what that professional shares, this is what I can apply to myself now. And as you grow, or if you do grow within your business, hopefully with this professional, you can always come back and have, you know, consultations to say, this is where I'm at six months ago, you know, when we first met or 12 months ago and something like that. So you want to be in a position where you're sitting down with a professional at a minimum. Um, When you first start your business, if you've never sat down with a professional to do that as soon as possible. And then from that point, as you grow your business, you're sitting with them periodically. It doesn't have to be every month. It doesn't even have to be semi-annually, but at least on an annual basis. And that's just to make sure that you guys are just knowing the direction that the company is going or the growth. And, And partially, yes. And I say that because there are a lot of professionals that will just kind of give you what's out of the book do X, Y, Z. You really want someone that steps out of the box and customizes it based on what you're up to, based on your finances, based on your financial goals or business goals, where we can sit there and say, oh, well, then you shouldn't be doing this and you should be doing that. So as important as it is to sit down with a professional, it's more important that you have a professional that truly can understand you and is willing to mold and, and and customize based on your facts and circumstances. Love it because I want to talk about that just a little bit because I think that we don't even realize how fast things can kind of take off. And when the income is coming in, I know for me, my first year in business, um, this will probably be a story that I tell a million times, but... I remember coming, hiring Imani, working with Imani, thinking I had it all together. And my first year, I hadn't paid any quarterly taxes, and I was at almost 100000 that I needed to pay. And I sat in your office, and I was like, what the hell have I got myself into? I didn't even want to sign the check. I was depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Imani, you know, she was like, this is just a lesson Moving Mm -hmm. forward, we're going to do things a little differently. We're going to do quarterly payments. So I just want to remind you guys who are listening to this that the income starts rolling in and you don't even think about putting that percentage to the side or making that quarterly payment. And it will hit you at the end of the year if you wait until the end of the year to just pay things. I'm literally sitting in her office because I'm coming to make my tax payment Tomorrow is the last day, and it's one of the craziest day days for her in business overall, where everyone is rushing to get those payments in because they want to avoid um, all of the fees and things like that. What will you what would you say to me six years ago that first year coming in? I had it all together. I had just made my first million dollars, you know. I thought I was high rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Yeah, that's a wonderful and a really good question. And for me, it's not so much as what I would say to you. I think it's very important for people to observe themselves, observe 
their spending, observe their behavior and activity. So, so I try to be subtle in the sense that we we did your bookkeeping <laughs> <laughs> and I showed you the numbers and I you know politely pointed out certain types of expenses that were that I deemed questionable as far as were they really necessary and specifically those two items I remember were meals and entertainment and um clothing shopping and not that there's anything wrong you do need nice apparels Mm -hmm. and nice um wear when you're doing your business and conducting business but it was the cost of what you were paying. For. So this is AKA why the hell are you shopping at Chanel, Gucci and Louis Vuitton? Because that's what, you know, you do initially when you start making money sometimes and you're not educating guys. This was like six years ago for me. So I was just really excited. I wanted to treat myself all those excuses that we kind of make for ourselves when we go uh, into those stores. I work so hard. I deserve it. Um, but Amani checked me immediately so I'll let you tell them a little bit about how that conversation went yeah so you know Ronnie came in for what I would say like a quarterly or normal business planning meeting and typically we provide her the financials up to that point and we were towards the end of the year like probably in the third quarter and like I said I pointed out these two expenses that were I found questionable and in the sense of, are they very necessary? And I said at the rate that she was spending the money on these designers, that it was important to call a financial planner and buy stocks in them. And over the time, it's been a wonderful journey to see that the emphasis has gone from paying out the money, the hard earned money you work for, the money that you you go out and be away from your family and sacrifice your family, your time with them and all the effort and energy not to go out the door to these companies that don't really need your money, that you can now put it in your home or put it into your bank account or put it into areas of you know various investments. So if we are to fast forward for Ronnie, from the time that we sat down, I hope this is okay, me, you know, me sharing this about you, Ronnie. Ronnie is more so in the place that she's making her assets more. They're more valuable. She's focusing on building value. She's built, focusing on buying assets. And that's what really rich people, successful people do. They don't look to spend. They don't look to consume. They look to earn a dollar and turn around and make that dollar work for them where they're earning 10 cents on that dollar that they've earned. So now this is what we're seeing the Ronnie of 2019 doing, that it's like, okay, why do I need to have that? Why do I need to be working for someone when God has given us this blessed opportunity to work for ourselves, to amass money for ourselves, and most importantly, give us the control of what we do with it. So if we really want to seek financial freedom and we have the cash flow coming in, then there's not a question as to why am I not doing it? And then, and which is a lot of people struggle. They're like, How do I get money in? We don't have that issue in this case. We have the money coming in. We just want to direct it to those things that not only will help you live a a, a better life, a more financially freeing life, but also, like you said, which is what is important to you, is building a legacy for your children. Definitely. And guys, I just want to stress, you know, when you're starting out, you really don't think about those things. You think about getting those things that you never had driving the car that you never drove, uh, getting the house (laughs) that you always wanted. And can I just also stress that your dream house is probably not the first thing that you want to invest in. If I could do it all over again, um, well, I did it the right way because my first home was an investment home. It It became an investment home. So if you're listening to this, I would personally say buy your investment home first. The home that you know that you're going to rent out 
and have some tenants in there paying you and your mortgage and then use that additional income from that investment home and the tenants to pay the mortgage on the dream home. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going out here buying a million dollar house and a million dollar a million dollars in debt because they say you buy the house, you buy it twice. Right. right. <laughs> right. And, and then with that, and I know our, our viewers can't see this, but I sent this to a client the other day. And I think I've, I've showed this to you a couple of times, but I actually printed up a new one. Um, so you recall looking at this the other day. Yeah. Okay, the loan so calculation. A, uh-huh. Okay. The other day we looked at the one that had 70 some percent. So mm-hmm. it's like buying a home for a hundred thousand. Ultimately you're paying back one seventy five. Yeah. What is the percentage that you see down there? A hundred and one percent. So that's like buying a home for a hundred thousand and you're paying back two hundred and one thousand. Yeah. So <clears throat> so the importance and, and, and obviously we can't discuss discuss this on the podcast. I know you and I had talks about actually doing some kind of tutorial, so some kind of webinar where people can get the gist of does it make sense for me to be personally financing things, whether it be credit card, cars, or, or homes? And, the, it, and it was a beautiful conversation you and I had before, is that sometimes we just need to know that it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible not to have yeah. a mortgage. It's possible not to be on a payment plan to pay a mortgage over 30, 40 years. Um, so many space of possibility and if we are able to share that and, and help others create their life of possibility in terms of financial freedom, it's like, why not? And to your point of not buying your first home as your primary, I remember when I graduated from Bowie State University, May of 2002, and I went to work for a public accounting firm based in Bethesda, Maryland, um, back then known, formerly known as the Resnick Group, now known as Cone Resnick. And I started probably about September 14, 2002. And two weeks later, I was actually going to closing on my first condo. And that was an investment property. Definitely, I was in the basement of my parents' home. Um, How old were you? I was I'm a non I was a non-traditional was a non-traditional student, so I graduated at 26. So I was 26, wow. living in the basement of my parents' home. Can I just pause right mm-hmm. there? I mm-hmm. want I want you to just to repeat that one more time. How old were you living in the basement of your parents' home? 26. 26 years old. But when you left your parents' basement, you were going into your my con- own new construction home in Upper Marlboro. Guys, I really want you to listen to this because it's so funny. I had this conversation with my assistant. And she's fresh out of college. And I'm and I was just really attempting to pour into her and say, hey, sometimes we are so anxious to be independent that we set ourselves up for failure, for debt, for stress, for headache, because we're just so anxious to get out of our parents home to go rent. Mm -hmm. So you're so anxious to get out of your parents home to go rent. Your money is going in the hole. It's not going towards anything that you own. Um, Your cost of living is so high. Okay. So you're burnt out. You're constantly depressed because you're, you're rushing to get out. I think that in America, everyone is so anxious to get away from their parents In other cultures. I've noticed that the children, it's normal for the children to stay in a home to 24, 25, older sometimes 30. Older than that. Yeah. I mean, you have like middle Eastern countries where, you know, once the youngest child moves out, it's the parents to move in either with the youngest child and help take care of the youngest child's children. So mm-hmm. their grandchildren. So it's like you never get Leave rid your of parents. your parents. Yeah. I mean, my parents live with me now, um, although we just purchased a condo for them down the street. But once I eat down the street, you know, so they could <laughs> just be for a little more privacy. <laughs> right. um, I get it. And. So one thing I do realize, whether we're talking about money, whether we're talking about living with family, our parents or whatever have you, the those that live the most successful, the most at peace are the ones that are willing to put in the most self-discipline. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that, regardless of who's the richest cat out there, 
they live with discipline. It's been said that Warren Buffett uses coupons, mm-hmm. and this man is worth over 60-some billion dollars. No different than if you wanted to strive to get down to to be an ideal weight or body size. Mm-hmm. There goes the discipline of eating healthy, of having a consistent workout regimen. And I love the the quote that Arnold Schwarzenegger says that you can either live with regret or or you live with um, the sacrifice of self-discipline. Either way, there's pain. Yeah. So it's the pain of regret or Mm -hmm. the pain of self-discipline. So regardless in our life, what we're doing, it's going to be one of the two. And it's up to us. And not to say that we'll consistently choose self-discipline. It's not to say that we'll consistently choose um, regret. But you have to realize anything worth having, there has to be a high level of self-discipline. Definitely. And that means, yes, I'm living in this room with my parents and and we're in a Mm three-bedroom. That is discipline. Yeah, especially for you guys who are new entrepreneurs and you're starting your businesses. I have a lot of that here um, with the girl with Girl CEO. A lot of people are brand new, just starting their businesses, just starting their brands. And uh, many of you all have to understand that discipline is required in order for you to be successful. And the discipline looks like consistency. The discipline um, looks like getting up every day and doing something for your business, doing something for your brand. Um, The discipline is going to be required in every single level. You know, right now, if you are an entrepreneur, you're attempting to build that business, you're attempting to build that brand, you're going to have to get up every day and then try to put your business or your brand in front of a new platform, a new audience every single day. That's going to be the main goal. How can I expose myself to new people? So discipline is definitely that. So Monty, starting off, how much should they be putting to the side when starting the business? I hear I hear 10%, we hear 20%, we hear 40%. I want you to to just kind of really confirm that for us. Okay. Uh once again another good question. I would say when you first give Start your business. If you're operating in a negative, meaning that you're still you're putting money in the business more than money is coming out or money revenues that's generating, then you don't have to say, save anything. So it's safe to say that you'll probably end up with an overall net loss from the business. Now, as you are growing and you're in a position where you're starting to take money out, because there is money in excess of your business expenses, Mm -hmm. then I would say you would want to save about 20% for federal taxes and about 5% for state. And this is where you have to come to know who you are in the sense that, am I a spender? Mm -hmm. Is it hard for me to put money aside and then there's a rainy day, um, And if it's a rainy day, what do I do? I just go into that money that I had to put aside for taxes. So I always say you want to outsmart your weakness. So if you like to spend money or no, I don't want to say like to spend money, but you know that you will. If you're a spender, you're, you're a spender or you're sensitive to going into your savings account when you know something should be there for taxes or something that is. Um, allocated for something else, then you are to see your accountant more frequently, meaning that you pay in the estimated taxes because we're required to do it quarterly. On a quarterly basis. basis. But Guys, trust me, do quarterly. (laughs) (laughs) But IRS and states now have it where you can go in there and pay every day. You can go in there and pay every week. You know, they'll debit a card or bank account or whatever have you whatever the frequency, and not that it has to be on any particular schedule. So if you get paid Friday morning, you know that that money is somehow going to be spent um, more likely than not, then you could just log on to these online accounts and they will debit the tax payments right then and there. So you're saying be proactive versus reactive, right? Proactive, but be willing to outsmart your weaknesses. 
because I have clients that will say, oh, no, I'm not going to spend it. This is for taxes. And, and it's time, gone. It's gone. They and done went to Louis Vuitton. They, Louis Vuitton, <laughs> they done been to Vegas. They done, they've been over. <laughs> I can go on with stories. I'm not going to bore our, our, your group like this, but, but the, the stories are endless. Um, and, and once again, that's another part of being financially successful. You got to know what your weaknesses are mm-hmm. and outsmart them. Period. And you got to own them. Mm-hmm. Owning the weaknesses, I believe that's the first step. Because if you don't own it and say, yes, I have an issue in this area. You know, there are people that haven't filed taxes three, four years. You, you've made all this money. You, you're continuously making money and you're not doing the right thing. And it's going to catch up with you. In the long haul, you're not getting over. You're not getting by. You're not outsmarting the system. You're really putting yourself in a situation that's going to come and bite you. So I personally say, guys, if you're listening to this and you have a business and you've been collecting income and, you know, revenue for years, just do it the right way. Do it the right way. When you do things the right way, they just work out for your favor. And and so... I feel like you and I can talk about that easily and say, hey, I give you, you know, a task. It's done because the mindset is different. So if we were to go back six years ago, I remember it wasn't you duck, there. You were ducking me. I in. used to. Du- guys, listen, <laughs> I used to duck her off to other people <laughs> to come in and deal with me. <laughs> I used to um, duck her. I used to duck her because I was ignorant. Can I just tell you guys when you when you're new in success and you're making this money, you there's a fear that you may never make it again. So when you're handing it over to someone, whether it's Uncle Sam, you know, Uncle Amani, Uncle Steve, anybody, you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe. Like I remember writing that check here and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm writing a check for almost a hundred thousand dollars in here. Let it go I didn't want to let it go. And I think I was depressed for two weeks. <laughs> Which I didn't know. You said that the other it, day. I was, I was depressed like, for two weeks after writing that check. And Amani would have to call me and track me down. Track me down. She would email me and call me and say, Where are you? What's going on? What what time should I expect you here? And it's just that fear. And I think it's just it's deeper than just paying taxes. Mm-hmm. It's also mental and knowing and believing and understanding that money is going to flow to you regardless. Yeah. I, I, and that, that's a beautiful point that you made, because as you were talking, I, I thought of just that. And I've embraced that type of mentality most of my life is that we live by this lack and limitation. I mean, we probably grew up, you know, not being able to have or be afforded everything we wanted. And so, or just to be able to get by. So we easily and quickly adopt like, okay, this world has limitations in terms of finances. So if there's scarcity, so we have this feeling towards money that it's scarce, it's Mm -hmm. hard to come by. And that's how we conduct our lives. So when we do have an abundance of money come in, flow in from our business, it's like, oh my gosh, it's it's, it's not going to last forever. So let me do what I want and to have, you know, fun with it. And that's why a lot of times for a lot of people, financial success or money coming in becomes so short lived because they never change the mentality mm-hmm. surrounding that. So if everything is always in scarcity, you know, if we lived in a place where we thought our air was in scarcity, it's a lot of us would just die because Mm -hmm. we we would feel that it's only a certain amount of air that we can take in because it's not enough for everybody. And that was one of the biggest things that I had to challenge personally from, yes, I sit here and talk to you as a CPA, uh, well-advised, you know, financial professional, whatever you want to call me. But I had personal financial woes, and I talk a lot about it through the business of I Am Worthy, Inc., um, to show people, regardless of the, the certificates you have or, mm-hmm. or, or what you do, you still can have personal financial issues. And with that being said, said one of the biggest things I attributed to that is, one, the lack of self-worth you know, feeling worthy in God's eye to have financial abundance. Because you, you get it and you don't ever think that you're going to get it back. 
Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. so afraid to even invest it, to, to invest it so it can come back to you. You may have an opportunity to start another business venture or to invest your money in something else. And you're so fearful that you're you're holding on to it and it's not growing. And you all you can see is what's coming in. You don't see the possibilities of what that money could turn around and create for you mm-hmm. to that point of being fearful, to that point of lacking that self-belief, that lack of self-worth, the feeling of that scarcity. And the third thing for me that I felt like I had to tackle was, you know, you hear that for the love of money, that's the root of all these. So it's like, in one way, I felt good about going after money. And then the other (laughs) side, it was like, I felt guilty. So I had to reconcile that. And I always share, you know, Rev Ike with anybody that wants to get their mind right surrounding financial abundance, having the proper psychology for for financial success. Because back in his time in the 60s and 70s, he was preaching, you know, that whole thing about worthiness, that whole thing about there is nothing wrong with money. And it's okay to say that I enjoy money. Something that that I Mm -hmm. notice is I never hear that coming from people who are prosperous, people who are successful, people who are wealthy. I hear those comments coming from people who are financially ignorant who mm-hmm. are still poverty minded, who are not where they want to be. I think that comes from it comes from such a negative place like, oh, money is the root of all evil. And I see people say, oh, if I had money, I wouldn't buy that or, you know, I wouldn't do this or I wouldn't do that. And I think that you get a lot of that from people who have never really had it um, because they're still in a space where they can't manifest it with that with that mindset, with those thoughts. You know, mm-hmm. money is not a bad thing. Money is a tool that allows you to experience the things that you love. It's what you use your money for, Mm -hmm. right? For me, I use money for freedom. Mm -hmm. I use money so I can have time with my children. I I use my money so I can get things done without me having to be present so I can be with my children. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I use my money to help other people build their dreams. Okay, Mm -hmm. so they can have more time to be with their family and their children, do the things that they love. It's really about what you're using your money for. And you got to put it in context. It's already said that, you know, 95 percent of the tax dollars are paid by the 5 percent that are wealthy. So if we didn't have their tax dollars coming in, we wouldn't have roads. We wouldn't have governments. We wouldn't have public schools. That's coming. That's primarily being funded by the wealthy. And the other side to that is like to what you were just saying, you never really hear financially successful people saying money is a bad thing. You typically see the good in what they're doing with their money. Not to say everybody does that. Yeah. And as you were also talking, I thought of the game like the basketball game. You have spectators, you have coaches and you have players. They're so, the players. So the people that are talking, <laughs> they're the, the most, spectators. They're the spectators. <laughs> they don't know what it's like to have money, so they can only speculate based on what they see. It's only the game players or the coaches that have been on the field mm-hmm. and now coming out and saying, "Okay, this is what you should be doing and how you should be doing it." They can experience that, and even at that, they're not even bashing money. They're saying this is the best route to take to maximize your money. So those that are talking about, yes, you know, money is not good. Those are more spectators than actual players. 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 And and I agree with that 100% because it's mindset. And I believe that the mindset has to be there even to get the money to flow to you. You know, getting the money and manifesting the money is, it's a gift. Like you have to be in a certain space to, get the money to flow to you. You have to have a certain belief system. I personally just transitioned into a season where I'm really focused on my brand, Girl CEO. And, you know, thank you guys who, thank all of you guys who are listening to this podcast right now because uh, we are on a mission to really empower, equip, and educate women to be the CEOs of their businesses, their lives, and their homes because we know that is a a whole thing. It's not just success in business. There's no success in business if you are not right mentally, if you are not right spiritually, and if you are not right financially, there is no peace. 
So there is no successful business. All of it ties together, right? So being able to have these talks and these conversations, I think it's really, um, it is kind of just a space where I believe it's the meditation. This is my meditation. You know, this is me releasing. This is me um, getting that information out there that can impact the lives of other women who are tuning in. But what I'm saying, guys, is you have to have that mindset. You have to really think and believe that it's flowing to you. And I transitioned into building my company, Girl CEO, and it was one of the scariest things that I would say that I've ever done. And at some point in time in my life, I had to start believing that my transition was necessary. I had to start believing that my transition was worth it because initially I felt like I got lucky. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you feel like you get lucky. You Mm -hmm. feel like someone else provided you an opportunity to win. You don't even realize that. No, I'm the opportunity that won this, you know, and I can win in whatever I do and, and wherever I go. And Amani has always asked me, Ronnie, when are you going to step into your purpose? You know, when are you going to do what you're supposed to be doing? What's holding you back? What's, what's stopping you? And seeing my transition, I just want to encourage some of the listeners who are tuning in that the mindset, Amani, you asked me last week, what happened? What made the switch for you? And you were talking about the roller coaster. You were like, don't want to get on that roller coaster. Don't want to have anything to do with that roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And fear was holding you back from being on that roller coaster. And the question was, what had you be a person, just a bystander, looking at your friends on that roller coaster? I was a holding spectator. Their, holding their bags <laughs> while they're on the roller coaster. I was coaster a spectator in business. To, to, to go on to actually getting on that roller coaster yourself. So that was a specific question. Um that that I asked you about from you transitioning from fear to stepping in more into the faith of the business. And and guys, I just want to really repeat my response to that because I think it's, it's, it goes back to that belief system. It goes back to that mindset that you have to have in order for you to win. I was always so fearful. It was just kind of like the roller coaster. Like you see it go up so high. You just think about the drop you know, how hard that drop is going to be and how that feeling in your stomach is going to going to feel when that roller coaster drops. But you have to realize that you're already at one level and that level that you that you're at, you can't go any lower. You can only rise when taking those risks and those new opportunities. You can only go up. So just stepping out there, realizing I can't fail. I can only get better. uh, is just what really woke me up. So many of you guys are probably at that space where you're standing. I, I told Amani, it was a joke. I'm like, I was always that person. I was standing down at the bottom of the roller coaster, like holding everybody's belongings because I was so afraid to get on that roller coaster. And it's like, once you do it, you know, it goes up, it drops, you tighten your stomach up, you close your eyes and you're just like, okay, you know, this is not as bad as I thought it would be after all. And then you're like, okay, let's go for the second row. I can do this. And that's kind of what happened uh, to me and my business, guys. So I just want to stress really getting yourself in that space where you change your thinking. This thinking thinking is a dangerous place to be in. And even just to add that, because, you know, I always hear that just change your thinking, that's change your thinking. And I would go to my 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 rebuttal to that would be like, well, wouldn't that person change their thinking if they knew how to? No one wants to think like with scarcity. No one wants to think with fear. And so to add to that, what you're saying, change the thinking means change the people that you're around. Change the people that you aspire to be. Change the conversation. You want to be with people that are more thought provoking, that are um, more listeners to what you're up to, and that can help you be co-creators with God in terms of what you're wanting to create, not the ones that are justifying your reasoning for not growing, not the ones that are just listening as to why you don't want to grow or your problems, but 
a lot of the conversations that Ronnie and I have, not only am I listening, but I'm also questioning. And questioning allows us to go deeper, to go beyond just what's surface. So if a client comes to me and says, tells me this is the issue, I'll say, hey, I got that. And then I'll kind of rebut that with a question. So where do you feel like going from here? You're, you have this issue in the business. I acknowledge that. But where do you feel that we should go from here? So acknowledging the issue, but I don't stay at the issue. So that's a very key thing when Ronnie is saying change the mindset. You can't change your mindset alone because obviously if you could, you would have adopted something that was more healthy, that was more successful. It's the people that you're around. That's why I'm so grateful when Ronnie said that she does this, these coaching and, and, and these memberships to so people can be around people. So individuals that are seeking to change their conversation have access to you, Ronnie, where you can help them see, have creativity, see different possibilities. Because honestly, the lack of that, there is no changing in mindset, if we can just be honest. Definitely. Definitely not. And I mean, that even goes into my next topic before we close out is, you know, setting those goals, getting yourself to a space where you can mentally put a goal in your mind and then carry it through and carry it through. So saving wise, Amani, what do you think is a good goal, you know, for everyone, just a simple goal? A yearly goal to save and to be able to look into that bank account and say, hey, this is in here. You know, mm-hmm. just starting off something that everyone can do. You know, I know we're all at different levels and um, things can kind of kind of fluctuate. You know, I remember my, my first year we were trying to save for, my, for me about three hundred thousand dollars. Guys, I was so close. So close. Got there. Went down, went up, went down, went started investing in different things, opening different businesses. But I'm talking just normal goals, Amani. Just normal goals. You know, you know, you can't come to me with that question for me to give you a normal answer. Guys, so. Rio's <laughs> knocking at the door. If you guys hear this knock on our podcast, um, so a normal goal for someone starting out would be that I would not be investing in things that's not making you more billable, making you more valuable. Um, and that is a form of savings because I, I get a lot of new clients that are newbie business owners and I look at their expenses and they've gone to this conference and that conference and this has been charged on their credit card. No, I'm not knocking investments, but I always want people to look at what am I going to get out of this? Is this an opportunity for me to network? If I'm going to go and network and I'm paying $495 to be at this conference, is there a cheaper way to network? Um, So it's more questioning as to when you are spending money for what you say may be a certain purpose and there may be alternatives that are more cost effective. So that would be my first answer to savings. Now, we're talking about dollar amount or percentage that you should be saving in um, your savings account or putting towards investments. I say 70 percent. So 70 cents on every dollar that you clear from your business after taxes should be going to some form of investment or savings. So if you make one hundred thousand dollars or let's say one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, twenty five thousand going to taxes and you're left with a net of 100000 then I would like for you to have $70,000 going into your savings um, or into investments. Now, y'all may say, okay, Ronnie, why the heck you bring this crazy lady on here and say 70% to save because that's awfully high. No, it's not. It's only high because you haven't been challenged. When we took on the challenge for Ronnie to save over a quarter of a million dollars, that would have been, in terms of net income, close to fifty or sixty thousand dollars. I mean, fifty, close to fifty to sixty percent. So, and it, and she told you she was almost there. 
So basically 50 cents on every dollar that she cleared after business expenses and putting aside for taxes, that was going into savings. But prior to that time, never has that high level of percentage gone, was going into savings. So anything is doable. It's just if you're willing to rise to that occasion or not. Wow. Guys, I don't know if y'all ready for that. I'm ready. <laughs> but I, if you want it, That's financial you'll be freedom. ready for it. Financial freedom. And, and these are things that you that when you do them, you'll find yourself in a position where your home is paid off. You know, and everyone else is running around paying mortgage and you don't have a mortgage, right? Amani paid her home off in a year, you know? And I mean, straight cash, over $800,000 cash, put herself in that position to be able to do that because not only is she preaching, but she's practicing what she's preaching, guys. So here, you know, at the Girl CEO podcast, we are the playground for female entrepreneurs and we're really trying to position you to play big. We don't want you to play small. We want you to win. And then these are just some of the things, Amani, you were talking to me about paying that mortgage down, not 30 years. <laughs> we, we, yeah, I think we said seven years. Seven and not, years. And not that it's even off the table, but when you, you can't be focusing on too many big things, right? So if you're focusing on building a brand, I can't honestly be like, Ronnie, okay, I need you to save X amount towards paying off a mortgage. Building a brand is building an asset. So mm. I'm completely okay with that. But there has to be some level of building. Building could be investing. Um, but feeling that that is possible, that's the biggest thing. So when you say that being a girl CEO and being on this field of playground, it's huge. It's different. It's unique because I come across a lot of people and I, and I, and I attended a lot of conferences and I'll get asked to speak at certain conferences and I'm looking at other guest speakers and really a lot of um, these conferences I don't gel with because it's just the mechanical do this, have this, do that. And like Ronnie said, you really want someone in your life that's not telling you, but can actually show, show you. you. Mm-hmm. And is that what the young co- young folks call showing you receipts? Yeah, the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if someone's going to preach like to like what Ronnie was just saying. Yes. Pay off your house in three years or five years or seven years. You want to know that person did the same thing. If that person is telling you, you know, to put 70 percent, you want to know that that person is doing the same thing. Just a side note. So tax season, obviously, you know, is my money making season. So I'm putting everything aside and I'm looking at the, you know, reserve account and it's not going as high as it was in previous years. So I'm like pissed. I'm like, I'm working hard. I'm here more hours. Um, But the revenue is actually higher. And then I had to actually actually stop myself and say, Amani, you remember you set up certain investments, you know, towards mm. the end of last year, mid last year, towards the end of last year. So you have five figures coming out of your month, your 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 account every month. Mm. So five figures meaning ten thousand plus out of your account every month. So you can't be upset about that. Mm. Um, so. It's possible. I mean, it was at one point in time, you know, I struggled with the CPA practice just to even put $500 aside. Wow. So it's not even an overnight process, but it's doable. You can't allow yourself to get off the hook because I can only put aside $100. Okay, that's what you could put aside today. And that's a huge thing, too, Ronnie. We try to give ourselves an excuse or give ourselves to out. And to get not, out of the commitment, yeah, get out of the commitment <laughs> to get out of the goal and say, well, see, I can only put a hundred dollars. Well, I got that. I didn't ask you to go put two thousand dollars based on where you're at now. It, it it's evolving. It's growing. It's maturing. Um, so. I say that, too, is that do not allow yourself to give yourself an excuse because you're not at the point where you believe you should be or where you would want to be or where you would like to be. Everyone, every single person that's walked this earth has gone through the same phases that you may be facing right now. Love it. Love it. Well, 
Thank you all for tuning in. I hope this podcast blesses your life, guys. Um, once again, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at Girl CEO Inc. Guys, uh, we are really creating a space where women, where we can thrive together, where we can win together, and we can just grow together. Amani, thank you so much for joining us. Please be sure to check out Amani Ahmed at AGA Group. And also, I Am Worthy, Inc. on all social platforms. And um, give us some feedback on this podcast, guys. Come connect with us. Come on over to uh, my personal page at Ronnie Brown, R-O-N-N-E, Brown. There is no I on Instagram. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter, guys. Girl CEO, Inc. as well. Let us know your thoughts about this podcast if and when you are tuning in. And we hope you guys get your taxes paid on time to avoid all fees. Don't wait. Don't be late. Avoid the penalties. Trust me, they're deadly. (laughs) All right. Put that percentage, put that percentage away. Start saving. Let's pay these homes off. Mm. And I really change the game. I'll talk to you guys soon and have a great one. Bye. Bye bye. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.